Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. This is Rates and Barrels. I'm Al Melker. It is Friday, September 22nd, and uh, is has been the case for the last several weeks. I am here with Eno Saris, and this is the final weekend preview show. We will be doing another Friday Rates and Barrels uh, a week from now, but uh, this is obviously, uh, if you check your calendar, uh, the last time that we'll be able to preview uh, waivers and... Um, just talk about fantasy baseball for the week ahead. Uh, so we'll be doing, I guess, more of kind of like a retrospective type of thing next week. That'll be fun. But, you know, uh, we got, uh, you know, one more week of fantasy to uh, to try to figure out here. And one thing I want to talk about is what approach you take to fab and uh, maybe to roster construction in this final week. Cause I, I do think, well, I, I know it's a different week. We all know it's, it's a unique uh, part of the season and, and different rules apply. So we'll talk about that, but we'll also talk about some players to target. And there's also a few big news items. So uh, that uh, seems like the place to start. So uh, let's uh, go there and we'll start with uh, the news that just broke a little while here uh, ago on Friday morning. Max Fried going to the IL with a blister. And that's going to end his regular season. But um, only 14 starts this year for Freed. So I guess there's a couple of angles. Uh, Darius Vines that would appear would be the most likely candidate since he's being called up uh, to fill Freed's spot. So there's the short-term issue to talk about. Also, just, you know, Freed for next year. How do you you look at him uh, for fantasy in 2024? He's always been uh, just a overperformer, I feel like, in terms of his uh, K-minus BB and in terms of his projections. Um, he's, uh, somebody that looks like he is, uh, an okay pitcher and, uh, keeps putting up, uh, great stats. So, um, I think at this point you're just, uh, you're locking him down for like a, like a three Oh kind of ERA and, uh, he's beaten that for the last 250 innings. But, you know, in terms of projections, I think that's the kind of pitcher he is. 77 innings. Uh, he had a 165 in 2019, 165 uh, in 2021, 185 last year. Um, I, I would set the over under on uh, innings next year at yeah 150, 160, probably somewhere in there. Um, does he strike you as a huge risk for next year? The types of things that he's uh, had range from blisters, which I don't care about, to more concerning arm injuries. Um, so I, I don't know. I know some people would, uh, see that arm injury this year and be pretty much out on him next year. Yeah. Uh, well, I would set the over under pretty much the same place as you did or probably around one fifty. but 
yeah, I think that you can look at this and, and say, okay, well, this is the second time that he's out, although granted, probably not for very long and conflate it with uh, the, the other issues that he's had. And, and, and you know, like I, I think about past conversations that I had with people about Giancarlo Stanton. And of course, this is, you know, many years and many injuries ago. So now I think it's, you know, fair to to consider him an injury risk. But, you know, he, he got hit in the in the head that one time. Mm. Uh, he just, you know, all his injuries seem to be unrelated and, and some of them sort of fluky. So I kind of view this as analogous to that. Like there, there's an injury history here, but maybe, maybe, maybe not so bad that I would significantly downgrade him for next year. And like you said, he is consistently an overperformer. He's somebody who, who can miss bats, but also has pretty consistently done a great job of uh, limiting dangerous contact and uh, pitches for for a great team as well. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the other one was. It was a forearm strain, right? I, I, that kind of bo- that bothers me. Um, there is a link between forearm strains and Tommy John, but, um, you know, what are you going to do? I think he's too good of a pitcher to, you know, put on a do not draft list. So Darius Vines is uh, not someone I'm super into. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's, uh, mediocre stuff. Um, I don't know how, uh, he's put up some of the ERAs he's had, like a two ERA in AAA is weird to me, especially when, uh, you look at the seven K nine or even the 20% K percentage. Uh, for Darius Vines and AAA. It's a really weird line all the way across because it's a 20% K percentage that comes with a 17.7% swing strike rate for Vines. So I don't even understand how you put those two numbers together. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not looking at it. I can go and, and check, but that sounds like somebody who has a very high end zone contact rate and gets no called strikes. Or maybe yeah. doesn't get a lot of foul balls, but yeah. I'm going to guess average, he's got a... Average a, zone contact. Uh, my guess would have been uh, change-up. Let's see. Yeah, 26% change-up. So sometimes change-up guys don't turn whiffs into uh, strikeouts because uh, I think, you know, in like a two-strike count, sometimes it's easier to anticipate a change-up, right? And the, and the reason the change-up is so good is because... Um, you can't, you, it, it's a deceptive p- pitch. It's something that needs to look like the fastball. And so if you can anticipate a changeup, I think you can at least put it in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he's a changeup first guy does mean that it's possible that stuff plus is, is wrong on him. Um, but it's not a great fastball anyway. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I would be careful with him, especially, Let's see, where are they? I'm trying to figure out. Uh, Atlanta will be home against Chicago in Vines' next start. And I don't like that matchup because you know that uh, Atlanta, uh, the old park was called the launching pad. And there's actually uh, a little bit of altitude in Atlanta. Um, so, you know, those parks, there's been different parks there, but they've all tended to, to hew towards uh, hitters. 
Yeah, which, you know, to get back to Max Freed, that's been a, a nice thing about him with Atlanta is getting all those ground balls uh, because that stadium is one of the higher altitude stadiums in, in the majors. And um, just to get back to something, yes, he did have a, a forearm strain, but I, I had said two two trips to the IL. This actually is the third one for mm-hmm. him this year. So uh, early, early in the season, he had a strained hamstring. So it's been a variety of issues uh, that have limited his his starts for this season. Uh, so, well, we've got some other uh, pitching-related news. Uh, Sandy Alcantara made a rehab start on Thursday night with AAA Jacksonville, and the numbers were great. Uh, not that I necessarily put a whole lot of stock in rehab start stat lines, but if you're looking for encouragement, four scoreless innings, just one hit, no walks, four strikeouts. And uh, I would think that probably lines Alcantara up for a start next week, and if he stays on schedule, that would put him up uh, against the Mets at City Field. Yeah, uh, weird, weird thing that um, you know that happened is uh, he had a ninety-six mile an hour fastball. Mm, he sat ninety-six. It looks like uh, everything was down velo wise across the board. Uh, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, I'm worried about him at 96, but um, I would want to see slightly higher velo in his next uh, start. But it's against the Mets at home, so and it's Sandy Alcantara. I'm I'm starting him for that. I'm just uh, saying that uh, it's a little bit weird uh, that he didn't quite have all his velo back. And then also a strange thing for me was uh, he threw. Uh, his curveball, the most that he'd thrown it in any start ever. Nope. That's All the way back to 2019. You have to go back to 2019. He had two starts where he threw it almost as much. Um, but uh, he threw his curveball a ton, and he threw it super hard. It was like 86 miles an hour, and he went on the IL. Um, not saying these things are completely related, but... Um, you know, a hard, a hard breaking ball can be stressful. So I don't know. Well, you know, given that the velo was down and, you know, this is a move, we talked about this a little bit offline before recording the show, you know, but you know, you were saying, Oh, why, why are the Marlins doing this? Oh yeah. The Marlins are good. And they're right. In the, <laughs> yeah. the wild card hunt very precariously right mm-hmm. now. Uh, so do you think this is a situation where you really watch it over the weekend? Because I, I could see the Marlins going, Either way on this, yeah, I think he doesn't look make at that him one start more time if they, if they lose the weekend. You know, yeah, I mean, it's possible that he doesn't make that start. Um, although I, I have a feeling that, given their history, they're going to play hard all the way to the end. Um, they, they haven't been uh, successful in the playoffs much recently. Uh, did just want to make a reference real quick. Saw uh, the baseball project last night, and they were great. And uh, I just thought of them because we were just talking about curveballs, and they have that song, Uncle Charlie. Uh, so that was they did a good rendition of that last night and had a great time in Menlo Park. Oh, man. Well, I am jealous. Yeah, we were talking about that, too, a little bit. Uh, so I had an opportunity to see them a couple weeks ago and, and what wasn't able to, to go. So... Uh, 
Catch them if you can, though. Yeah, but really uh, let's move on to some other pitcher news. Uh, and this one, yeah, is a little bit more of a head scratcher maybe than the Alcantara move. Shea Bieber to be activated later on Friday and to make the Friday night start against the Orioles. So he had been on the 60-day IL with elbow inflammation. He has a, a pretty generous pitch count of around 80 pitches for this start. And if all goes well, that would line Shane Bieber up to make his final start of the season at Detroit next week. His though was uh, pretty good in his rehab start. I mean, pretty good for where he is now. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> 91.7. Uh, that would put him back to where he basically was in June. Um, he had been ramping up a little bit, uh, up to 92 right before he got hurt. Um, I think to some extent this is just, you know, you kind of, I, I think... T- as a pitcher, you want to get back on the horse. You know, if you've had a season where you've been hurt all year and you've been rehabbing, you want to get back on the horse no matter what the team situation is. Um, and so I think he just wants to prove uh, that he's healthy and can pitch again uh, before the season ends. So uh, I would assume he makes he makes that start. And let me see who is it going to be against. It is Next week, it would probably be at the Tigers. Yeah, that's a great start. So, oh yeah, you know that sure. if, if you saved uh, if you have the Fab Hammer this weekend, uh, and Beavers out there, uh, spend all five bucks on him. All right, <laughs> uh, another move. Yeah, another move uh, that um, will will you know possibly happen over the weekend is uh, Byron Buxton coming back. So. What's your thought on that? You know, with Bieber and Buxton both out there, obviously that decision is probably a needs-based one for your roster. But do you feel similarly optimistic about going going for broke to get Buxton if he's been dropped? And he has been dropped in some of my leagues. Oh yeah, I mean, you can't you can't be holding on to Byron Buxton all year. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, with Royce Clayton hurt, I think. Um, there's a spot in the lineup. Uh, I, there's gonna. The one thing that sucks is that at this point in the season, you really just want to get playing time, and um, you're not sure that he's with all the load management they do. You're not sure that he's going to uh, be in the in the lineup every night. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. And uh, I assume you meant uh, Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis. Oh, Royce. Royce Clayton. Clayton, as far as I know, is not played in a while. Yeah. That's a blast from the past. <laughs> he was the money ball, wasn't he? Royce Clayton. The money ball? If my memory serves. What do you mean? Yeah, in the movie. Oh, was he in it? I think he was. Oh. Uh, I remember him from Giants. Yeah, he was the Giants yeah. shortstop for a while in the early 90s. Yeah, I actually had a string of seasons in the 90s where I drafted him a lot. Yeah, for the I don't steals. I did particularly well, but. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's move on to some other injury news. Wilson Contreras is out for the season with wrist tendonitis. In terms of a replacement on the Cardinals, I don't know that there's really anything much here. I'm not even sure how the playing time will be split, but you've got Andrew Kisner, you've got Ivan Herrera. Um, but there are, are some catchers, I think some very good catchers, that are out there at least in uh, certainly a deeper or I should rather let me roll that back, not deeper, but the shallower leagues, like one catcher leagues or maybe some really shallow two catcher leagues. So we'll, we'll go over there, but anything about Kisner or Herrera that's worth 
putting out there. I mean, Herrera looks uh, better if you're looking at the batting average, but underneath the hood, it's it's kind of scary. I mean, 64% ground ball rate, 33% K rate, uh, 571 BABIP. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's just all small sample stuff. I think, you know, most likely... He's just like any other catcher, going to hit 230, and you'll be lucky if you get a bomb out of him. All right. Well, when we do talk about some fantasy replacement catchers, uh, we've got options both for power and for, for batting average, believe it or not. So we'll get to those shortly. But just a couple other news items here. Uh, Martin Perez has really done a, a good job going uh, to the bullpen, very reminiscent uh, uh, for me of uh, in Boston uh this is terrible, you know. The the starter turned reliever turned starter. Uh, who's oh Nick Pavetta? Ah. Out, it's it's late in the season when I can't remember Nick Pavetta's name, but it seems very similar to that kind of trajectory. Uh, but Perez has been doing it more with ground balls than with swing and miss uh, in the bullpen. A two fifty seven ERA over twenty eight relief innings. So Bruce Bochy says maybe going back to the rotation. And I think Perez has a pretty nice matchup, uh, the way it lines up for him for next week. Fangrass has get... him at uh, the Angels. At the Angels. And then yeah, maybe I, I just... uh, a two-step at the Angels and at Seattle. I'd be rooting for the one-start week there. Uh, you don't want you want the Angels and you don't want Seattle? Yeah, I don't know. At Seattle is, is fine for me. Uh, the, the park is obviously a, a plus. That's a that is really weird because that's going to be the last day of the season. Um, so they either could have, but I think they might lineup, actually pitch. Or I think he, I think he'll pitch. I think they'll want to. I think they'll need to win that game. You're right. Yeah, I mean, who knows where the Rangers or the Mariners not, will be? Sitting I mean, there's like the outside point. chance that uh, they're. There, I would say clinching before that day uh, is a small chance. Being yeah. out of it completely uh, before that day is a is a is a slightly bigger, but also a small chance. I think the biggest chance is they need to win that day. They play that day. They put their their lineup out there and they put Martin Perez on the bump to uh, to get into the postseason. Well, you know, I guess. As I just say, I'm rooting for the one start week. I guess, you know, if you need the bulk, there's not a lot of risk in, in going that way. He does get that great matchup. Yeah, he's not going to screw sure. up your ratios at this point in the season, probably. And uh, he's that, got to be one of the better two point. starters. I would agree with that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and then one final note here. Uh, it seems fitting on the last Fab Preview show of the year that we've got a prospect promotion, and this one, to <laughs> me, comes as, as a big surprise. It's crazy. Junior Caminero yeah. coming up for the race. I, I don't either. Um, so And skipping over AAA, but putting up great numbers at AA Montgomery. It is the race, so... Like, uh, uh, is there any reason to assume happening? the playing time Why? Why? 
Uh, it's so weird because he's a right-hander and they have 10 right-handed capable bats. And uh, he's been playing third base twice as much as shortstop in uh, at AA. And they have like three or four guys who can play third base. Maybe more. <laughs> I mean, they, they've got a lot of third basemen. Uh, so he doesn't fit in as a righty or by position, really, unless they're going to play him at short. Uh, but if they're going to play him at short, they have a pretty capable guy there right now. Basabe is a is like a sort of hit tool and um, and defense kind of guy, and then they have Taylor Walls, who's a, a power, patience, and defense kind of guy at, at short. So I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll stick him at at short and just try to get offense there. But if they do that, is he eligible for the postseason even? Um, I, you know, I don't know if I, I'm assuming he was on the 40 man, Yeah, but I have to admit, I do not know that for certain. I mean, it's just a, a weird all around, I guess. Oh, so Fangraph says he's going to split time at third with Paredes and Mead, but Paredes is also hmm. right hander is part of my point. Right. So and I'm, what do you I'm do watching if you've got Paredes, I'm watching his, you- what position he plays as much as how much he plays this weekend. Uh, if he plays shortstop, uh, I might be much more inclined to put a big bid on him because he's playing shortstop. Yeah, they- they're just like, Hey, we're, we're going to do the offense lineup where it's Paredes, uh, Caminero low and, uh, and Diaz across the infield most of the time. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, yeah, we're getting this news here on Friday and we have a few days to see how the Rays handle this situation if he starts one time. Uh, that's he has the gonna... skills to hit the ground running in terms of, you know, good contact skills, uh, you know, hits the ball really hard. So, I, you know, there's a possibility he's good right from the beginning. He's already, he's projected uh, by Steamer to be 10% better than league average the minute he steps foot on the field, so... You know, he's definitely interesting if he's going to play. (laughs) All right. That's right. Yeah. You cannot produce from the bench. (laughs) So uh, something to watch this weekend and something else to to think about this weekend. uh, The final fab. And of course, we've already been alluding to that and talking about uh, whether to bid at all on certain players or not. But in terms of, you know, putting aside, you know, say the, the Shane Bieber's uh, of the world who are, you know, worth breaking the the bank for, uh, regardless of what you've got in the bank. Uh, just if you need to fill a need, you know, we've talked about a catcher or at any any position. The approach that I took with the waiver wire column this week was usually what I do is I'll, you know, group some players together, give some bid recommendations for different sized leagues. And I just thought, you know, last week that doesn't make any sense. You know, bid recommendation, I mean, you know, just spend what you got, obviously. But um, I think I, I put a premium on which, team a player plays for because somebody who maybe has a great schedule, but they're playing for the the Braves or the Dodgers, Mm. um, you know, or the twins for that matter. uh, You know, is there less of an incentive for that player to play every single day versus somebody who is on the Marlins or on the Blue Jays uh, or somebody that's just right on the cusp of, of the playoff picture. So does that seem like a sound approach to you? Do you have a different idea? I think idea so. I mean, I was just week? staring at Christian Yelich and just being like, why won't they put him on the IL? What's going on with him? And then I looked over at the standings page and I was like, oh, you know, they're just not in a rush to get him back. Like, it's 
you know, they just they probably want to get him in one or two games to get his timing back before the postseason, and that's about it. So yeah. I, 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 you know, I think team is a, is is good. One thing I would say though is it's not always easy to paint with a broad brush when it comes to contenders versus not. If you think about it, a bad team may want to see a bunch of different players, and so as much as it's nice to just give someone a whole month. They may want to see what this guy does at second or if he can handle the glove at short or, you know what I mean? So like, you know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons why you may see funky lineups in the last week. Um, And then there's always just like that, that day to day injury uh, in the, in the end, just when you, when you're like five or seven games away from the end of the season, uh, you know, something that you might have battled through or, you know, um, you know, played played through or tried to get back from, uh, you just sort of you're like, okay, it's it's done, you know. Um, like this hamstring injury for uh Royce Clayton Lewis um is uh is interesting because you know his team is is going to the playoffs, uh they want him back. Um, but uh, even if the if the MRI does not show a strain, I can't imagine he plays much in last week. Again, just like maybe a game or two right before, maybe plays like Friday and Saturday. It takes Sunday off before the um, before the playoffs. So I I can't imagine that uh, Royce Lewis is worth hanging on to, even if he isn't hurt. Yeah, which is shame because he's been uh you know very productive uh, for those who picked him up uh, for the last yeah, last few weeks homers. but that makes yeah makes makes a lot of sense though so all right well let's get to uh some of those players to target on fab we'll start with the hitters and i'm going to do here what i did in the column and lump them by position not not position by position but infielders versus outfielders separate out catchers and i especially separating out the catchers because we had the discussion earlier about wilson contreras and i think there's some interesting uh options in in one catcher leagues uh players that are likely to be out there uh logan ohapi bo naylor luis campusano alejandro kirk and i think the latter two kind of defy the stereotype uh you know that you you know you mentioned earlier that these are guys that Maybe aren't going to produce that much power, but could help you uh, with average uh, in in the final week if you you know happen to be able to move up or down uh, in in that category. Yeah, um, you know uh, the Angels. I like Logan Ohapi for uh, for the power, and like you said, uh, Kirk and Camposano for average. Um, and so there's some, de- you know, depending on your needs, uh, there's some choices you can make there. Uh, you can also do something like look at the probables. Uh, you know, if you're trying to decide between Kirk uh, and uh, Campusano, um, you can look at the probables. So Toronto gets the Yankees and the Rays. Um, and so they're going to see Michael King, Garrett Cole, and Luke Weaver. Um, and Carlos Odone. Clark Schmidt and uh, wait, uh, no, he's going to see King Cole and Weaver, and then uh, who do they see at the end of the week? Uh, Toronto King Cole Weaver, and then they get the Rays. Oh, so Glass now, Kikuchi and Gosman. What? Yeah, I'm seeing uh, Rio Kikuchi. No, that's and their starters, or, or their starters. Yeah, so they're going to face. 
uh, glass so, uh, and all the tell in Bradley. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I don't think that's a good week for Kirk. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, pretty brutal matchups. And and San sure. Diego on the other hand uh, gets uh, the Giants and the White Sox, so they're going to get Webb, Harrison, Manaya, um, and then finish with uh, Cease, Clevenger, Urena. There's some there's some bad matchups there too, but I, I like the Camposano matchups better. Plus. Uh, Camposano has maybe a little bit more power than Kirk. Um, oh, for sure. So I say uh, Camposano is the best pickup I like uh, in your grouping. All right. All right. Uh, and again, you know, obviously it's categorical need. So if you do need power, Ohapi or Naylor would probably be the better choice uh, than Camposano. But uh, the I one thing about that, Naylor uh, is he finishes with a five game week. Yeah, not, not, that's, not that's a, could be a decider right yeah. there. Uh, what's kind of interesting, though, is that um, I think Naylor also of this group probably plays the least. Not not by a huge margin, but I mean, Ohapi plays every day and almost every day high behind the plate, which to me is just bizarre <laughs> given how much time he missed this year. <laughs> I guess it's just so, like trying to get some plate appearances. In. I mean, it's, it's, the, I, the angels are like head scratchers. Like every time, I feel like every time we talk about it, we're like, and why are they doing this? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, infield is kind of interesting. And I've got a, a bunch of guys who, for the most part, are multi-position eligible. So uh, it's kind of, you know, covers a, a lot of potential needs there. But let me just read you this this group that I have that I included in the column. Uh, well, the, the first four names that I've got here, Willie Castro, Noel Vimarte, Oswald Peraza, Kevin Biggio. And none of that group is really going to be helpful if, if what you need is home runs or RBIs. Uh, but I think overall that those are some of your your best options. Uh, and, and, you know, some of those players would be available in 15 teamers. Biggio on CBS has a 4% roster rate, and he's been hitting really well and hitting in the middle of the Blue Jays order. And again, kind of giving him a bonus check mark for being on a team that's playing for something right now. Yeah, some, uh, some tough matchups for them um, offensively, though. Um, at least he's a left-hander because some yeah. of the uh, tough matchups you'll see are right-handers. But, like, does it matter that you have the platoon advantage when you're facing Cole and uh, Glass now? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. You're pushing that platoon advantage pretty hard there. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm always just, like, a little bit nervous about Willie Castro's playing time. Um, and so... Again, with Buxton possibly coming back, yeah, he might lose a starter two there. I would like Noel Vimarte more, except um, he's on the road uh, and has a five-game week. So I think my pick here uh, could be Oswald Peraza. Interestingly enough, yeah, I mean, I think probably the least splashy, maybe, of that group. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's definitely a case to be made, and I think he can. Yeah, he I also can, include like, Luke and Baker. His approach at the plate is is uh, it, it, he only has one homer, so it doesn't look like this way. But I think he's he's going for homers, <laughs> so like he's, I, I think he could totally hit you a homer uh, in the in the last week. Double his output. Yeah. In the final <laughs> Well, speaking of homers, another player that I did include, and I think he's only eligible at first base on all or most uh, platforms, and that's Luke and Baker. And I I included him there because 
Uh, Alec Burleson, he's out for the season. So figure somebody's got to pick up that playing time slack. Baker did not start for the Cardinals on Thursday. Uh, so I think that's one to watch over the weekend in, in deeper. It's so wild. Uh, he had a 20% strikeout rate in triple a this year, looking Baker with 33 homers. Um, and he has a 34% uh, strikeout rate in the major leagues. <laughs> Uh, it's not a big sample, but the 34% yeah. actually is more in line with what Baker used to do. Like he used to strike out more. And so the projections all say he's going to strike out 30% of the time. So uh, Baker had a wild ride. I think one of the things you just have to realize is that line that he put up at AAA, 180 WRC plus, so great. He's 26 years old. So that takes a lot of the wind out of those sails. It doesn't take all of it. Um, but remember, there was a rule of thumb that we had on the show that every year is worth about 25 points of WRC plus at level. And so he's about two years older. So, you know, he might even be a little bit more than two years older. But um, uh, you you take 50 points off of that. Still 130 WRC plus. That would translate to, you know, you'd expect like a 110 or a 120. So when you look at ATC, they've got a 122 WRC plus for Luke and Baker going forward with a 243 average and a 286 ISO. So ATC is buying what he's done. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're all talking about trying to get one homer. Uh, and, you know, it's between Peraza and Baker, I think, are your best uh, opportunities there. All right. Well, I'm going to throw out one more name because I'm not real impressed with the power potential of this group as a whole. Yeah. Davis Schneider. Uh, now he's pretty much well, well rostered yeah. uh, in deeper leagues, but 10 and 12 team leagues. Good chance he's still out there, but he is slumping bad. Went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts on Thursday night against the Yankees. That is his seventh game in a row without a hit. But in his very brief major league career, this is what he's done. He's been super hot and then ice cold. So if he starts to turn the tide this weekend and you need power at second or third base, is he viable as a 12-teamer? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, he's just trying to pull everything in the air. And uh, I think when you have such an obvious approach like that, you can be pitched to. Uh, but I've seen people still try to pitch him, uh, you know, high in the zone uh, where he likes it. And, um, you know, people make mistakes. I think what you're just rooting for is someone makes a mistake to him in that final week. And he will be the kind of uh, player that would take advantage of it more even than Peraza. I think if you were going to, you know, have the likelihood of one homer over the last week uh, among all these players, Snyder has the best likelihood. All right. And some outfielders. I have found that uh, in a lot of weeks, putting together the waiver wire column, it's not hard to find uh, some promising I think outfielders. It's a, I think that's an important uh, observation because it is why uh, I fade outfielders generally. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I just try uh, to cobble together my last two outfielders late in drafts. I have bench outfielders. I use the fab for outfielders. I feel like they're, they're the easiest thing. I mean, if you think about it, you know, for infielders, you have to have a position. You have to fill a position. And then, you know, for outfielders, you need just a player. You know, you, you don't usually have it separated out into left and center and right. So uh, that alone means it's easier to find outfielders because you can find all shapes and sizes in that outfield. Yeah. Um, well, so that said, it was a little tougher, 
I think this mm-hmm. week, uh, for whatever reason, Tommy Pham, who I wrote about the week before as well. And I think we talked about him last week. These you know, all seem like they would be me. highly rostered. Yeah. I mean, he seems like an obvious ad in, in 12 teamers and maybe 10 teamers. Evan Carter, who I think we also talked about last week, he's out there uh, still pretty widely unrostered. Pham, 49% just, in Yahoo. Carter, uh, 10%. Wow. Yeah. Get on that. Although I guess uh, Adulis Garcia came back. So they do now have four outfielders and a DH that um, all would like to play, sir. <laughs> yeah. And again, they're very much in the, the thick of things. So um be interesting to see if, how if the Carter's other playing that time so suffers. A- at least he is left-handed at the plate. Yeah. So fam to me is an obvious one. Carter, I think maybe is a wait and see over the weekend, how that, that plays out. Michael Brantley, I think is an interesting case. Uh, he's a wait and see too, because he's missed a couple of games with the sore, sore shoulder, but I mean, he's doing Michael Brantley things. He is just not swinging and missing. He's making a lot of contact, um, you know, playing against righties when healthy in an Astros lineup. So there's a lot to like there for Michael Brantley, uh, assuming he gets back in the lineup over the weekend, where do you see adding him? I see nine plate appearances in the last week. Yeah, well, one there was one game that was a left-handed opponent. I don't know if that was also health-related or not, but the next two definitely were. I think in a daily league, you can do it, but uh, I see too much risk in a weekly league to just plug him in for a week. Okay. And then also in the category of playing time risk, Heston Kerstad which I thought maybe wasn't as much of a risk because Ryan Mountcastle is on the IL now. Mm-hmm. But um, sort of like with Luke and Baker, where I thought, okay, Kerstad's kind of uh, coast is clear for him for playing time. And then after Mountcastle goes on the IL, it's Aaron Hicks that winds up in the lineup instead. So I'm not sure that a, a real playing time. Your next name that. on this, I think might be my favorite for deep leaguers. Obviously, uh, Fam and Carter, our pickups, uh, you, you know, I, I actually obviously Fam is a pickup uh, in any league. He's available. Uh, Carter, there's that sort of. Car, I think Carter, Brantley, and Kerstad all have that playing time uh, asterisk. Where in daily leagues, I'm more excited about them than I am in weekly leagues. This guy, Joe Adele, I think is a pickup. I know he's striking out a lot. Uh, he did improve upon that in the in in AAA this year. Uh, but for a week, I don't think you care as much. Yes, yes, striking out means that he can't hit the homer in that at bat. But you know, I put him up there with David Schneider as the most likely name that we've uh, that we've come up with today that could hit a homer. And yeah, he could in fact hit two. I mean, he's he's he like if we're talking about all or nothing, like he's that that's that's the deal with Joe Adele. So. Um, I, I would, uh, I think he's a pickup. Uh, I think they're going to play him every day and, uh, I think he's a pickup. All right. Well, uh, let's head on over to the pitchers. And this was a really tough one for me. You know, I, this was kind of light in the column compared to how it usually mm-hmm. is. It's because I don't really trust any of the, the, the pitchers who are lined up for two starts. Yeah. Although you made a, an interesting case for Martin Perez. I did. Make a case for Reese Olsen maybe being a two-star pitcher and then 
looking at fan graphs this morning, and this was I, I filed this column last night. So uh, looking at this he's morning, not, they've got uh, a... the Tigers going six man, yeah. and <laughs> just making one start. <laughs> I still think you know, and again, you know, the Tigers with nothing really to play for right now, but they've got the 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 Royals and Guardians, who I consider to be favorable matchups. Uh, uh, for pitchers, what Olsen about definitely gets the Royals, and so does Sawyer uh, Gibson uh, Gibson Long. What about somebody like Alec Marsh, uh, who had 125 innings in 2022, and this year has 111, 125 or so. So I think they really do want him to get innings, you know, to push those innings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's lined up for at Detroit Yankees at home. Um, that's a pretty good one. And I actually think they might pitch him. So I think, man, would you, would you take Marsh over, um, would you take Marsh over Perez? No, I wouldn't. No, no. Because, yeah, I mean, Perez gets the Angels. I just love that matchup. Yeah. And I, I think, I, like I mean, Marsh? it depends, too. I mean, I suppose if, um, you know, if ratios really didn't matter, maybe. I like Marsh's but strikeout again, given that rate, Perez, you know. I think there's yeah. something there for Marsh. If you if you cover up the, the home run rate, you know, we're talking about a 25% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate. That's only league average came on SBB, but league average came on SBB for the Royals with those matchups. Uh, I could dig it. I think the projections are maybe wrong on him. They, they all have him with a five ERA. Um, okay, I'll take Perez right. over him, but I, I, I but I, I want to put Marsh out there. You know, you're looking for two starters. Uh, I think he might actually make that second start because they want those innings. Uh, you know, Kenta Maeda is uh, listed as a two starter. The second one is at Colorado, and they'll have clinched. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine he makes that start. I don't even know if Joe Ryan makes that start. I wonder if they just they just you know roll out the rookies uh, for that for that Colorado series. Yeah, uh, would seem quite likely. How about Paul Blackburn? This is somebody oh, the matchups are for horrid, much, dude. much of the season I've uh, I've liked for uh, two starts. He starts with the Twins. He would finish at the Angels, obviously. But they're both away Great from matchup. home. I don't know, man. I, I I might put Blackburn behind Marsh. Wow. I definitely put Blackburn behind uh, Perez. Do you think he even makes that second I'm start? I'm not sure he does. And I don't like I like him a lot better at home. Makes All sense. right, so I'll go Perez, Blackburn, Marsh uh, for the two starters so far. Uh, who else have we got? Um, well, maybe Adrian Hauser, mm-hmm. but again, I don't know if. I mean, I think if he makes that final, it's play like of the the two innings or something against the Cubs. It's exactly. Yeah, I think that'll be uh, what they do. Hunter Green, uh, probably owned and all, but if you if you're in like a ten team for some reason is out there, um, I, I like that. I think they they might actually need to pitch him all the way through, and even yeah. even if they're out on the last day, he might pitch because he needs to build up his innings too. Um, so and plus, I think Cincinnati will kind of want to just have the best record they could have this year. You know what I mean? I think they'll just play play oh. to the end. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's a great call. I don't know, like you said, how many leagues he'll be available, but 10-teamer, that's, 
I think that's a that's a solid move right there. Um, yeah, I don't really see too much else in terms of two start pitchers. Pepio, but it yeah. looks like at Colorado, at San Francisco, <laughs> and I don't know if he makes that last start because I have Pepio in the playoff rotation. That's what I was thinking too, uh, you know. And so maybe he's a one start. And if he's guy a one start, yeah, that's that's not a good <laughs> matchup. That's not what you want. This is this is always so rough, right? It's like the, you're playing for something this last week, and the, these are the things you have. Where to Where do you with. put Zach Thompson at Milwaukee, home against Cincinnati? I think he could pitch for what I was saying with like Marsh and stuff. Like they they want him to be a starter next year, so he has to have the innings. So I think he could pitch those two games. My question is, is he much better than Martin Perez, and aren't those matchups worse? At Milwaukee, Cincinnati versus Martin Perez has uh, at uh, Anaheim at Seattle. Seattle, yeah. I think Perez has the better matchups. I just like Perez better hmm. than Zach, than Zach but Thompson. Maybe but. less, well, maybe likely to. Yeah, okay. Perez, Thompson, Blackburn for me. With Green, right. obviously, at the top. And Nola's not going to yeah. make that last start. Pretty sure of that. Aaron Nola's yeah, lined that. up for two. George Kirby's lined up for two. He could need to pitch them into the postseason. Um, but he's not available. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I'm starting Kirby one start, two starts. So he's a guy I start pretty much every week. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's all right. Well, I think I think that covers Michael it for starting King. pitchers, like I say. Could be we talked about him last 10, week because I think it teamers. looked like he would make two starts he needs the innings but he's also running out of innings i don't know (laughs) the last start would be at kansas city i mean i would have him ahead of martin perez if i was sure he was making that second start he might yeah i yeah i just would think that the running out of innings thing would outweigh the building up innings Let's see. I mean, and because it's it is pretty comical, right? Like last year he had fifty one, he's already at ninety four. They could shut him down at any moment. Yeah, I really feel like that could happen. Yeah. And if he does start that game, I think that could be two innings or so. Yeah, they're, they're not playing for anything, so they could go bullpen game. Man, he went seven in his last. I just, yep. I I think I know we talked about this, but I think he's an injury risk for next year. All right. Well, I think that I think it's just no matter what your situation, it's going to be tough uh, setting your rotation this week. And then in terms of uh, bullpen, uh, I mean, in the column I put out a list of some widely, uh, well, not, I shouldn't say widely, but available starters in twelve team leagues, and it's kind of the usual uh, group that we've talked about the last several weeks: Tanner Scott, Trevor May. Um, you know, I think they're all. Who's the closer nice in Kansas City? I don't think there is one. I am rostering Carlos Hernandez in DVR's Maki League. Yeah. But it, you know, it's it's the Royals and if you're splitting saves multiple ways, it's it's just not good. Yeah. The well the team I wonder about right now is the Mets because uh we now know that Edwin Diaz is definitely not coming back. So does that make Adam Adovino somebody to target? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, so I like Adam Montevino. I think James MacArthur, uh, high-stuff pitcher, 
who has gotten the save in the last week, uh, doesn't really have the strikeout or the uh, fastball velocity or the ERA of a closer right now. But for some reason, the Royals don't trust Carlos Hernandez fully. So I just wanted to put James MacArthur on people's radar. His underlying numbers are much better than his ERA. Uh, Maybe Chris Martin is something uh, people should know about because, um, but isn't, didn't Kenley just have, it was COVID IL. Yeah, so he's going to be back. He's not cleared yet, but he's going to be back this last week. And then they're going to want to pitch him. Right. Probably. Uh, But Martin is uh, worth thinking about, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we're talking about Adam Adovino and you're talking about somebody who maybe gets one save. Right. um, I mean, that's all all we're talking about here. Yeah. uh, Then then Martin would, uh, I think, fall in that same category. I have two dollars yeah. left in AL labor. <laughs> I need two pitchers, so I have two long one dollar strings. <laughs> Any thoughts on on who you're going to target with those two dollars? Uh, I'm not going to tell. <laughs> I know there's people listening, and in Fair fact, enough, what, on uh, what, uh, I, I I'm pretty sure. Uh, 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 Colton and the Wolfman listen because at least they do when they're uh, prepping for for uh, the draft. And uh, I'm battling them for third place. They have 83 points. I have 82 and a half right now. And uh, Jesse uh, from Baseball Prospectus has 84 points. So there's a almost a three-way tie for second place. Uh, Jason Coletti is going to win AL Labor this year. So that's that's fun for him. Congratulations to him. Yeah, congratulations to Jason. So, uh, well, that's good. Well, uh, we wish you all the best of luck with uh, whatever it is you are playing for I don't in know this why final I week. And best of Jason's luck to last you, name. Eno. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I just always want to put that extra e on the end. Oh man! And happy birthday to all him right, too. Well, today? No, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, but wanted to say happy birthday to him all right well happy birthday to jason collette and uh, before we wind up this last uh, fab preview show uh just a reminder you can reach both eno and i on twitter or x or whatever you'd like to call it uh eno is at eno saris i am at al melchior bb and uh just a final note here to send you off that you can get a subscription for the athletic for just one dollar a month for the first year for that uh, deal where you can get all of eno's columns uh, and everything else that comes along uh, with The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash rates and barrels and uh, get yourself a great deal on The Athletic. So again, good good luck to everybody out there. And thank you so much for tuning in uh, for our fab previews uh, every week or whatever weeks you did tune in for this, this season. And just a reminder, we will be back uh, for a Friday show next week, you know, and I, so uh, we hope to see you there. So uh, tell that everybody uh, take care and uh, good luck to you in the final week. Thanks for listening.